0: First comes love, then comes marriage. Wait, what about the parents choosing to skip the baby in the baby carriage? It's time to smash the societal norms in today's talk on Think Tank of Three. The climb to the top feels so good when you get there. But is it just
1: us? Or can it feel lonely sometimes? Even when you're successful.
0: We've learned a few things along the way and we know we're all stronger together. Together, we
1: are a think tank of three.
0: I'm Julie Holton, an entrepreneur with a couple businesses who sometimes has this boss babe thing down. And I'm Audrey Thicke, a strategist and business development coach getting things done most of the time. We're ditching the culture of competitiveness, bringing together women from different backgrounds to share their stories. Let's do this together. Mom, dad, 2.5 kids, a dog, and a white picket fence. It's what everyone wants, right?
1: Wrong! And there's nothing wrong with not wanting what society has said we traditionally need to have.
0: I can't wait to dive into this one. This is Julie Holton here with my co-host, Audrea Fink. We are your Think Tank of Three, and today we have so much to talk about with our guest, Stephanie Barnhill is an organizational consultant with M Connections. She focuses on startups and businesses that need a boost when it comes to getting their ducks in a row. And she is pretty kick-ass, if I may say so myself. But today we are actually ditching our titles, ignoring our job responsibilities, and just talking as women.
1: And I am so excited for this topic. I have been waiting to dive into it since we started. This is literally one of the first topics we Uh, brainstormed when we were thinking about this podcast. So Stephanie, thank you for joining us today. We're stoked.
2: Hi ladies, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
1: So let's
0: first point out like who we are as women. So I, Julie, I'm a single woman, not married, not dating, no kids. Like, I feel like we need to say that because of the topics that we're diving into today. Stephanie, you are happily married to your husband. You have three fur babies. By the way, I have two fur babies. I guess we can talk about fur babies. Audrey, yes. you are also happily married with some fur
1: babies. Yep. I also think it needs to be said that I have 13 nephews and nieces with a 14th on the way. Wow. So there is no lack of children in my life. And yet I'm still pretty adamant about having a lack of children in my life. And we'll, we'll dig into that as we go on. But I, thank you, Julie. That's actually really important, I think, to talk about why we're coming from this stance and yes. what shapes our perspective on it.
0: And my favorite title, Those Who Know Me Know... It's not entrepreneur or a podcaster, it's it's auntie. I have two nieces and a nephew who are my world. And I love that title.
1: Definitely.
0: You and your husband have taken an interesting path towards deciding not to have children. Why don't you first tell us a little bit about the path? Because you've, you know, this is something you have put so much thought into and you have such an amazing explanation for the three types of people that you think there are in this world when it comes to people who want or don't want to have children. So tell us first about this journey that you and your husband have taken.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and it's something I I really enjoy talking about. Um, My husband Seth and I, we had a bit of a different um, experience than most people do when we discovered that we uh, wanted to be a child-free family. And I do want to clarify, child-free might be a term that you all have heard before. It's kind of a newer uh, term that's been coined. Um, Typically people would, we would be called childless, we're childless, we're a childless couple, and that kind of seemed to be a little negative sounding, you know, we were less children, even though that was something that we personally have chosen, so child-free is the new kind of term that is being
0: used, and so that's the term that I will use because childless makes it sound like you're missing something, but exactly. you not feel mm-hmm. like you're missing anything, right? Right.
2: Absolutely. It's something that we have chosen and not because it's better or worse, you know, than, than another choice. It's just because it's the desire of our heart. So, but we discovered that a little later. Um, I, I will say briefly growing up, the idea of having a baby was uh, terrifying to me. It was something that I just, it did not sound good. It was not something that I was interested in. Um, but I always assumed growing up that, that would change, you know, once I found my love and I was, you know, in a, in a great relationship and that that was something that would change. And, and part I,
1: of the reason you, Think that is because they tell you, "Well, just wait till you meet your person, and then right. suddenly, magically, you'll feel different."
2: Right? Absolutely. It was like I—I I didn't have a lot of role models that uh, of people that didn't have children. I had—I had a lot of role models that were were wonderful parents, of course, including my own. But I didn't see a lot of adults that didn't have children, and it was almost invoked in me this kind of like, "Oh, I feel bad for them. I feel sorry for them. What you know? Why, why don't they have children?" It was kind of that programming that I didn't quite understand yeah. and i think it took you know learning later in life that that was actually the road i was choosing to take and that my husband was choosing to take for me to really challenge that programming challenge those ideas and those thoughts that i had my whole life that didn't come from any one person it just kind of came from society at large i believe and once i was able to kind of come to terms with it and understand that that's okay and just because we're child free doesn't mean we're we're fun free or we're happy free or we're we're love free it means that we've chosen a path that for us means that we can experience the life that we want. We're, you know, living our best life in in current terms. We'd been married for a while and and my husband and I had both kind of talked about when we were just dating that we didn't know if being parents was in the cards for us or not. We thought probably, but we didn't really know. And we were both together on that, which I'm so grateful for. Well, it's why we knew that we could be married because we kind of knew we were on this together and that we were open. And it, it occurred to us after a few years of marriage that, you know, neither of us really desire a baby, but we thought, adopting a child adopting an older child who's waiting in foster care which is something that we're, is very important to us supporting children in care that that's something that we might want to do so we actually went on that journey we went through all of the foster processing and, and 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 you know certifications all those things that you do to become foster parents or adoptive parents through foster care and we actually were looking at you know uh, bios you know profiles of children and considering our options and looking at what what kind of situation would be best for us and for the child that we bring into our lives and it was this beautiful for me divine intervention when i got that call that was asking us to become foster parents and we were not looking at fostering at the time just adoption and we got to foster the most we got to be be short-term parents for the most incredible 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 young men, little boys that were brothers that were at the time six and eight years old. And it was, I mean, we fell in love with them instantly. We knew that these boys were wonderful and special, and we were hoping that they would always be part of our family. But we soon realized that being a parent for both my husband and I did not feel right. And it had nothing to do with these boys. I mean, fostering brings all kinds of challenges. Let me tell you, I'm not not saying that there weren't, um, great challenges and, and, and it was and, a full-time job, right? I mean, oh, we're, absolutely. We're
0: talking medical appointments, mental health, physical health. Yes. Attorney visits. Attorney visits. Yes.
2: Fostering is a beautiful experience, but can also be a very challenging and can have a lot of negative aspects as well. Um, it, there, it's the whole gamut. And for us, we, we definitely experienced far more positive than anything else, but it was being that in a parental role for us that, made Seth and I really think about, is this right for us? Is this the desire of our heart? Not that, you know, being, you know, being an auntie or uncle, you know, um, which we are now to the boys, thank goodness, we're so grateful to be part of their extended family because they are in their amazing forever home now with family, with their own um, actually biological family. But for us, it was understanding this role as parent doesn't feel right. It feels like we're wearing a jacket 10 sizes too small. It doesn't feel like this was the role that we are meant to play for ourselves, for for others, for our community. And that was what helped us really start to think about what it is we saw for our lives, both individually and as a couple and as a family. And we came to the realization that, wow, we actually don't desire to be parents. We actually desire to be an auntie and uncle for children, for, for our friends' children, you know, for, for the boys, um, you know, for the boys that we fostered. And just at large, I mean, it's a beautiful role that I think sometimes doesn't get, you know, the respect that it deserves because- um, I you agree.
1: Know,
2: right, because there are so many other ways to be involved in a child's life without being a mom and daddy, although that's obviously hugely important and wonderful, but there are other ways to be involved in your community as well.
1: Absolutely, okay. and I,
0: we are all aunties here, and so we're all a little biased. You know, let's speak for a moment the position of the other adults, the quote unquote other adults in children's lives is such an important role. We all know that parents have a huge job and there is a point where their influence needs to be supported by the other adults who are in their children's lives. And my sister tells me time and time again, what an important role it is that I play in her kids' lives. And as aunts, we don't always see it, right? Because we're we're the fun aunts. We're taking them to do these great things. But even in those little moments, we are teaching them lessons that are supporting what the other adults in their lives are teaching them, their parents, their teachers. And so shout out to all the aunts and uncles out there because- you were playing a very important role in children's lives absolutely well, and so
1: frequently that role of the auntie and uncle can really be a safe space it can be an alternative place where you can be honest and not worry about your parents because you're not going to get into trouble. and I remember growing up having a handful of aunts and uncles who I just adored I idolized when we would go to visit or they would come over right like I w- I wanted to spend so much time with them and now I get to be that person for my nephews and nieces. And I love them and they love me and we can play and be fun. And I can be that positive person who, yes, reinforces, you know, some of the behaviors their parents want and absolutely helps with building them up. It's the value system that their parents want, but also have that ability to be a person who is just, is fun and safe and is going to love them no matter what.
2: Absolutely. Something that spoke to me, it actually kind of changed my life. <laughs> it gave me a little bit of, I guess, validation and some some clarity on things. There was an interview with Elizabeth Gilbert, of course, the writer of uh, books like Committed and Eat, Pray, Love. She was in an interview with Oprah and she was speaking about motherhood. And, and she's been, of course, all over the world interviewing women and getting to know women all around the world. And she said that she believes that women tend to fall in one of three camps. There's the mommy camp. There's the anti-camp, or as Elizabeth Gilbert called it, the anti-brigade. And the camp of women, that shouldn't be within 10 feet of a child. And that it's really important. I love it. <laughs> right? It's true. And she said, it's really important to figure out which camp you belong in and to honor that. There are some women that are like, I want to be a mom. I. It is part of my purpose. It is part of the experience I want to have. That is for me. So yes, mommy's There's out the there.
0: I have known since I was a little girl, I want to be a mom someday. Yes. And here I am at 37 years old and I am not married. I do not have kids yet, but I still, I'm in that camp and I know it will happen. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but yes. Okay. So I'm in that camp. Yes. The mommy camp. And it's a beautiful camp. And it's one of those, I believe, you know, if you know, you
2: are intended to be a mother work on making that happen. It is not always easy. I'm not saying that to be insensitive because for some women, it takes a long time and it takes thinking outside of traditional ways of, of becoming a parent to make that happen for you. But if that, that is the desire of your heart That is the camp you belong in. That is where you've got to be. You know, at least at some point, on your terms, in your time. But being in that camp is so important because it will bring that fulfillment that you know where the desire in your heart lives. And for the anti camp, and that's of course me. And that is, you know, it might be a biological aunt. It might be, you know, a kind of aunt through a friend or through other family. It might be a teacher. You know, maybe you're you're a teacher and you're in the anti camp because you are helping raise these children. Maybe you're a coach. Maybe you're in a church or place of worship that you can be part of children's lives because it's important to you. You want that. You feel like you have a place in that role within the community or within your family. And so that anti-camp is vital. And then there is a camp of women. They shouldn't be within 10 feet of a child and that's because they don't want to be. And that is something that you really are, I'm hearing more and more stories of that. These women that say, Listen. I, yeah, I'm child free, but I don't. I don't want to be around. I shouldn't have to say, "Oh, I don't." I also love children. If that's not how you feel, if you don't want yeah. to be around children, if you don't enjoy being around children, then it is okay. Women that feel that way, listen. Like you are heard and you are seen. And. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you yes. or the way that you feel. It just means that that's not in your heart. It doesn't work for you on whatever level that means, you know, whether that's just, you know, brings you anxiety or discomfort to be around children or to
0: entertain children. That is okay. And it is Let's okay. that that crystal don't. clear. No matter what camp you are in, the mommy camp, the auntie camp, the no children don't want any children camp, mm-hmm. whatever camp you decide to be in. That is the camp you are meant to be in. Yes. It is perfectly okay to be in any one of those and to own it. And we yes. were talking a little bit before we started recording and, and I want to go back to this talk that we were all having about what society says we should the want. Stigma, The stigma yes. and you know, yeah. the judgments that get made. And especially in this social media world, the judgments that we see being made online of, you know, pitting one camp against the other, can we just like, let's just recognize this for a minute. Let's call it what it is so that we can put an end to it.
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's alive and well. I think that my personal point of view is that when we get so judgmental about someone else for for having kids or not having kids or not wanting to be around children, that has less to do with them than it does with our own stuff, um, the stuff inside. Yeah. Maybe it's our insecurities. Maybe it's our programming. Maybe it's our, our closed mindedness. Maybe it's our fears. Maybe it's our anxieties, but there's something about our own stuff and not wanting to deal with it. So we, instead, we shine that light on other people to try to challenge their point of view or their lifestyle which really only hurts all of us. It keeps us disconnected and polarized. And it keeps us from really understanding that we can be who we are and we can love the, the choices that we make. And, and we can also love people that make different choices because we should be able to live and let live.
1: So I think there's, a, there's two big, well, maybe there's three big sort of judgments that I see out there. So one is that if you don't have kids and you don't want kids, and that's not your path forward, then you're selfish. Mm -hmm. If you do want kids, but you're single, you better hurry it up, girl. Yes. Or if you have kids and you want them, why aren't you more of a feminist? Why don't you want also to have these other things and sort of normalize it? And also you have to be like thrilled with being a mother all the time. I'm sure there's more judgments out there, but I I see a lot of them falling into these three buckets of you're either not good enough because you're not there yet. You're not good enough because you don't want it. Or you're not good enough because you don't want it the right way.
2: Yes. Oh my gosh. One hundred percent. I. I. And you know. And that's we see that every day, everywhere. <laughs> it's something that is, is is so um, entrenched in our culture and our society that women truly are measured. And I'm not. I'm not trying to say that men aren't aren't judged as well, but women are measured. Our womanhood, our femininity, our worth, is often judged by. If we are a mom or not, if we can be a mom or not, and if we choose to be a mom or not, and that is incredibly. I'm going go ahead
1: and say men aren't judged that way. No,
2: I, I, they they
1: really aren't. Not if to that do, level, I mean, right? And i do not. This is definitely not to shame men because I think men have their own struggles with with kids and not kids. But th- I don't think men are held to the same standard. You can. No one asks a man how do you work and parent, right? How do you right. do it all? They just assume you're the breadwinner, you go home, your wife takes care of things, right? I, and and there's not the expectation of equal division of labor with men the same way there is with women, which I think comes back to this stigma with women. And again, not to, not to shame men, not that they don't have their own things, but I feel like this is very much something that we own in ways that others don't.
0: I completely agree. You know, a neighbor the other day said to me, oh, you better get on it. If you want to have kids and you're still single, he told me the clock is ticking. One, as if I don't already know that, right? (laughs) And not because society says I need to have kids by a certain point in my life, but mother nature does. And also let's just piece it, like we want what we want, when we want it. So why would I want to keep waiting? Right. But mm. for the record, I'm perfectly okay. Waiting, obviously for the right time for me to have kids. And if that does or does not happen, I'll deal with it then. But I don't need a man telling me that the clock is ticking, which he did. But I will also say this, if I was a man that would not have even come to his mind Never. to tell me that the clock is ticking and I better hurry up. And so why, absolutely. Why, the double
2: standard? why And why the
0: judgment?
2: Absolutely. And I feel like it's Incredibly destructive. When we as women have to question our worth based on our abilities or interests in becoming a mother uh, or, or becoming a parent, it's it's really destructive. It eats at what we feel we should be doing, what our purpose is or what our purpose isn't. It makes us question our ourselves, our bodies, our beliefs, and it it's really damaging. And instead, if we could take the pressure off, if we could just encourage women to be mothers or not be mothers, or to become a mother in a way that is best for them, and there are many ways to become a mother, then we could just learn, we could hopefully start to learn and appreciate women for who they are, regardless of if they're a parent or not. Absolutely. So I
1: have not really ever wanted kids. I think maybe when I was in elementary school and I didn't know that there were options. I was like, oh, I'll have babies by the time I'm 22, because that's what my mom did, right? And then at 22, I was like, oh, mm-mm, hard no, hard pass. My husband and I got together. And we discussed the potential because he was like, I really want kids and you should at least have one. And I've managed to change his mind now. The 14 nephews and nieces helps. I had the honor and the true joy of holding his sister's leg when she gave birth to her first child. And it was a truly miraculous moment. Like I think when people say miracle, like I experienced that moment. It was beautiful and horrible. And at the end of it, I really felt positive it wasn't for me it was a moment i will always be grateful i got to have it was like from a biological standpoint like the coolest thing women's bodies are so misty and it's not for me fast forward now my husband and i are like okay maybe in five years i'm 38 now we talked about okay maybe we would look into adoption or fostering my husband doesn't think he can foster because he doesn't think he could give a kid back he thinks once you come into his home it will be his. So then that leaves us with either like making this decision about a person for the rest of their lives or our lives or saying, okay, why don't we instead invest in the 14 children who already know and love us, right? And those 14 include my brother's kids, his sister's kids, and then a handful of our friends who we're really close with who call us auntie and uncle. And why does that make me selfish? It doesn't. In fact, you could say I'm probably part of the reason any of those kids will get to go to college, right? It's going to be my money. Their parents don't have it because they're raising the children,
0: mm-hmm. right? And you're contributing so to forming those kids and who they're becoming and how they view this world and and even learning the fact that they can choose whether or not they want to have kids someday. Really beautiful thing. It really yes. is. And I,
2: and I love that you brought up the, the term um, selfish because Um, As I'm sure, you know, you hear a lot as well. Um, That term gets played a lot when you put out there that you don't want to have children. It's it's seen almost immediately as, wow, that's kind of selfish. It's kind of self-centered. And it's like, to me, that's such an interesting response because it's just a desire either you have or you don't have. It's not like, well, I mean, and you hear people say, well, there are lots of benefits to not having children, right? You could, you know, like there, there, of course, like you know, on the, on the superficial side, there are, oh, this, you'll save money here, you'll do this, you'll do that. But the reality is, is that the decision comes from a much deeper place. You know, the the decision comes from. I just don't desire that role or, or I do so desire that role. And I think at the end of the day, if you just don't desire that role, it doesn't make you selfish. It's just not part of what you want for your life. And that also means that people that are parents can't be selfish. And that's not true. All of us are selfish on some level, right? But it doesn't mean that it plays (laughs) a role in our decision-making, right? (laughs) At least not in this position. I would
1: flip that narrative too. If you don't really want kids and you have them, Like what kind of parent does that make you? Listen, my mother loves me, absolutely loves me, but I truly believe that my mom never really wanted to be a mom. She felt like she was supposed to do it. She felt like it was the path that she wanted to go down. She loves her children. But I don't think if, if she was asked like, is this a choice you want to make? She would have said, yes, I think she would have said, no, I don't know what I'm doing there and I don't really particularly feel like it's my strength and I don't want to go that route. So, which is worse, right? Her saying, you know, this isn't the decision for me or having three kids where she's like, I don't know what the heck to do with these folks. They're little and they're needy and I don't want to, I don't want to. And I think that that just because it's the norm doesn't make it better. I would not be a great mother because it's not what is in my heart. I am an absolutely amazing auntie because I love doing it. And why is that selfish? In fact... Why is that not considering what this future kid may or may not get from me? It's the
0: opposite of selfish. Absolutely. Call it what it really is. It's the opposite of selfish. And it's so interesting because I want to talk about how we if we have our, our big wish for changing the world, how do we get women to support each other? how do we get society to support women and men in whatever decision they make? So I want to share a little story because this is just on my heart today. I, my sister and I are like the yin and the yang of, of this conversation because my sister got married at 21 and she had her first child by 22. She now has three beautiful kids and she at age 30 is in nursing school and she's about to graduate from nursing school. And I look at her and I see, superwoman because here is this young woman who has it all and does it all. She is a wife and a mom and a student who's about to have this amazing career. She looks at herself and she sees a near graduate who's 30 years old when most graduates are younger than that. And she sees, so she sees like the opposite of all of these things. Yeah. And and I look at her, I think, wow, like you have it all. And she looks at me and she thinks, wow, no, you have it all. You graduated college and you, you know, went out and pursued your dreams and you have this amazing award-winning career and now you have your own business and you've put your career first and you've put yourself first and it's okay that you've waited to have a family because you did you. And so we are just like the opposites, right? Like I look at her and she has everything and she looks at me and I have everything. And so it's really funny because actually it's really good because we can support each other and remind each other. No, no, no. Like you have exactly what you want. You have what you have pursued, but it's interesting. You know, she, her son just had the mother son dance at school. And my sister, because she's in nursing school, had clinicals that day and you can't, you can't miss clinicals. You, you just can't, you miss them. can't miss them. And so as soon as she told her son, I'm sorry, I can't take you to your dance. Her six-year-old said, okay, well, can aunt Julie take me? And so for me, like you can imagine, like, I'm so excited. My nephew called yeah. and asked me if I can take him <laughs> to the mother's son dance. And the next thing, you know, his best friend, his mom had um, just a, a very traumatic time in her family right now. And she had to be at the bedside of of her grandmother who is who is passing away. And so next thing you know, I get asked, Can you take this little boy as well. And I'm thinking, Oh, my gosh, like my date is made. I've got these <laughs> you know, Cutie pies who are going to be my dates. I like, can't imagine a better <laughs> Friday night and to these boys. It, you know, it dawned on me as I'm driving them to dinner, you know, of course, I had to take them to dinner before the dance and we're driving and, of you know, they're in the back seat, and, you know, best friends just so excited, bouncing off the, you know, the walls of the car, excited to get to this dance. And, and they're saying, they're kind of arguing with each other at first. Oh, it's the mom-son dance. And the other says, no, it's the mother-son dance. No mom, no mother. And so then I jump in and I say, well, I'm not your mom or your mother. They're like, oh, well, it's the aunt-son dance. And so then they're laughing about that. And I said, well, you're not my son. So maybe it's the auntie cutie patootie dance. So then they were all excited, you know, (laughs) like, oh, we're renaming the dance. And then, you know, my niece is calling it the Aunt Julie dance. And, you know, so my point being that they went to this dance, these six-year-olds, And never once thought twice about who had taken them to the dance. You know, they're so excited to be there and playing with their friends. And I'm sure some boys were there with their moms and some were there with grandmas and maybe some aunties. And to them, it's all about who's raising them, who's uplifting them, who's inspiring them and motivating them and loving them. And it takes all of us so how can we all as adults better support each other because those little boys saw the support they were getting why can't we see it what do we need to do to change the adults in our lives <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there is this quote i've heard I don't, I, and i can't tell you who it is so i'm definitely plagiarizing it feeling it probably messing it up but um comparison is a is a thief of joy yeah. and so i yeah. think yeah. one of the ways we have to look at how do we hold other women up in a lot of ways is to stop the comparison. Julie, one of the stats that you were talking to us about before this call was that one in five women enter menopause without children and they've, they've never had them. They've never adopted them. They've never fostered them. One in five. That's a pretty large number. And that that's sort of normalizing, right? Like we need to think about the fact that not having children is not that different, odd, bizarre, weird, it's a pretty decent percentage of the US. And if we're comparing what we have to other people, then we're never going to be happy with what we have. One of the things I hate more than anything is when I see those memes on Facebook, and you two both know about this, that says, you don't know what tired is until you have a toddler or a two and a half year old or children or whatever. I know what tired is. I promise you. Don't punish me or compare your level of exhaustion to mine because one it makes me mad and two it doesn't serve you right it's not lifting you up it's not making you feel better it's not making me feel better let's stop comparing and trying to either one-up each other or comparing and feeling bad because we don't have it julie your sister she has it all and so do you and so do i and so does stephanie
0: amen Abs- mic drop right there <laughs>
2: <laughs> absolutely and and it's funny because another um uh, not <laughs> funny not funny um it's it's interesting that um i i've heard that message um quite a bit not personally i will say i do want to say very quickly um that even though all of our friends and family know that this is our choice uh, to be child free we are very, very um, fortunate and grateful that we have never had anyone come to us with anything other than positivity and support. So I, 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 that is not the case for the majority from what I hear of, of, of uh, child-free families. Usually there is a lot of um, skepticism, shame, you know, try, you know, guilt trips, um, questioning, telling people, oh, you'll probably change your mind. You know. So all of these are the things that, that people encounter. I, we're very fortunate that, that is not something we personally personally have encountered. Um, But the messages are out there. The one that I think is so damaging is you don't know love until you're a parent. In addition to that, to me... Now, I don't know what the bond, I don't, there are lots of different kinds of love. Love is just love, right? So I know what love means. No, I don't know what it feels like to love my child. That must be a beautiful, a beautiful bond and experience that I, I I won't have and I don't desire to have, but it doesn't mean that I don't know love. And I think we have to watch our words sometimes, both people that are child-free and people that are parents. We have to watch our words sometimes and make sure that we're really honoring each other in the, from the way that we communicate and the things that we say, because it's very easy to, to kind of say things that might be hurtful. And even if they're not intended that way, which I don't think they usually are, but nonetheless, we don't want to, we don't want to tear anybody down by trying to build ourselves up or by trying to share our own experience.
0: Words are powerful. Absolutely. And I would love I would love to hear from our listeners. You know whether it's this debate over whether to have children or not. And I know that many of our listeners have, as Stephanie mentioned earlier, want to be parents but maybe are taking different routes in order to become parents. If there are fertility issues or or other issues that that you, that you face. But what are some other obstacles that you face? What are some other challenges? What are some other judgments that get made? We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to let you know that we see you and we hear you and we acknowledge what you're going through. I
2: would love to chime in super quick on that. I, I have uh, quite a few uh, friends that have large families. They've got several children, um, three, four uh, or more children. And it's so unfortunate talking with them. Sometimes they'll say things that they experience. Like they'll, one of my friends said that with when she's with her children, she'll be in the store and people will give her dirty looks because she has you know, four children or, or more children and she'll get dirty looks and she'll, they'll, they'll get snide remarks and side-eye, like why do you have so many children and things like that. It is not okay. Like, oh my goodness, Agreed. why? So, so we judge people that don't have children and then we judge you if you have too many children we need to stop the judgment at all. So even so, anyway, just to chime in, I, 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 have, I have friends that are parents that, well, apparently in their eyes are like, apparently we have too many kids for people to, to, you know, to be okay with or to support us on. And that is not okay.
0: No, none of that is okay.
1: We also, I think, judge women who want to have kids, but can't. So I have a good friend right now who's going through in vitro, um, in, in, uh, through IVF, and she struggles, you know, with that whole, I have a body that is not going to make babies. And why is that? What have I done? What, you know, what did I do wrong? Why does society think she's just not good enough? And, and really, it's just a happenstance, right? Like, I wish I could give her my healthy ovaries and uterus. That would be lovely. I'm not using them. Donate them. What we are hearing and what we're talking about is just this sort of overall judgment that we have on women, right? You are either the pregnant goddess or the mom who can't keep her kids under control, or the selfish spinster, or a woman who's maybe just not trying hard enough, right? And it all comes down to how we value women in our society, how we value those women's roles, um, and and then in some ways, how we devalue ourselves. Stephanie, like you, I'm really lucky. My parents have never, ever pushed me um, to have kids. Colby's parents, once they, Colby's my husband, um, Once they heard that we weren't going to have kids, like they were fine with it. And and they're wonderful. And I'm like truly blessed. I love my in-laws. They're fantastic. And we don't get any pressure. But so many women do. I have a good friend who is single and does not want children and maybe doesn't ever want to stop being single. And she gets so much crap for it. And I think part of how we fix this is to start standing up for other women when we hear it, to start... Um, encouraging and supporting women. If you choose to be Susie Homemaker, great, good for you. I hope it brings you joy. If you choose to have a large family, great, good for you. I hope it brings you joy. If you choose to not, great, I hope it brings you joy. If you're struggling because you want it and you can't have it, I hope you get what brings you joy. I think we have to start normalizing that the choice that brings you joy is the choice that is the valuable choice.
0: Absolutely. So I have a question for both of you. Typically, as we wrap up our podcast, we ask our guests to share some insight with our think tank forum, but I want to switch things up a little bit today. And for both of you, as women who have chosen not to have children, I'd love to hear from each of you, the advice that you would have offered your younger self maybe 10 years ago, when you were going through this process of deciding that this was going to be the right choice for you. What did you need to hear then to give yourself that permission to make this choice with confidence? Stephanie, let's start with you.
2: You know, I think 10 years ago, I was newly married and, um, you know, we were kind of holding off on that decision. But what I wish I would have known then was uh, not not necessarily what decision I was going to make because I am grateful, so incredibly grateful for the journey that I went on discovering that I don't wanna be a parent. But I wish I, I had had a healthier perspective of what a child-free life could look like back, back then. Um, I didn't think I, I, because I didn't have the experiences that I have now, I didn't understand that for me, a joyful life and a fulfilled life means not having children versus versus having children. I I couldn't live the life that I have now. I I wouldn't have the fulfillment and the joy and the purpose that I have now if I would have become a parent. And that's only because it's not the desire of my heart. I would be living a life that wasn't really true to what I feel like my calling is and my purpose in this life is. And so I think I would have appreciated some other role models, um, it would have, uh, understanding. Now I, I have them, I see couples that, that are child-free, that are thriving, but I, I didn't see a lot of that before. So I think um, I would have told myself that, hey, if you decide to not have children, you can still be very fulfilled and happy and joyful and purposeful and, and, and have all of the things you want in life even if you choose to not have children. And for some of us, that means not having children, if, if, that's, if that's for us. So I think that would have been really nice. I wanna say that my mom was always delighted to be a mother. My mom and I have a great relationship, but she has told me for many, many years, listen, don't ever feel like you have to have kids for me. Like if I'm not a grandma, I'm okay. Like, you know, she, she's always made that very clear, not, not steering me away from becoming a parent by any means, but just letting me know, Hey, if you ever decide, you know, that you don't want to have kids, that's great. Like, and if you decide to have kids, that's great. Just make the choice that, that you want to make and just know I will support you either way. And that is one of the greatest gifts of all.
1: I agree. So I think for me, I would actually have to go back further than 10 years. Uh, Colby and I are coming up on our 10-year anniversary this year. So I'm like, 10 years ago, like this decision was made. But I think I would go back a little further. Um, Prior to meeting and um, dating Colby, I was with another guy who's my boyfriend for however long. And he really wanted kids. And I didn't think I wanted them. I actually knew I didn't want them, but I, w- I wanted him. And that came with a stipulation. And I, if I could go back, I would tell myself that I could have more if I was not willing to settle for less. The pushing yourself into a space because someone else wants it, it is the problem. And I, I think a lot about, had I stayed with this person... I probably would have ended up really similar to my mom. Um, Again, who is, she was a good mom. I love my mom, we have a great relationship, right? But I would have had children because somebody else wanted them. I would have had children because it would have been expected. I would not have actively been choosing to have children because I had any desire for it. So I think I would go back and say, don't settle for what doesn't feel right. It's okay to wait. And one of the things that I think, Julie, about your situation where you want to have kids and and you're just not there yet, like every time I hear you talk about that, like internally, I'm just cheering for you because what an amazing choice to be able to say, I know I will get this. I will get this when the time comes. I'll figure it out, right? If I don't physically birth them because I'm 45, fine. But like, I'll figure it out because I'm going to be a mom and, and you're going to be a great mom. And kudos to you for waiting until it's, what works for you versus being pushed into it because someone else has an expectation.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Ladies. Thank you. So I, you know, I think the lesson here for everyone listening, because I'm sure we have people listening from every single angle and even women listening who don't know if they want to have kids are still deciding that aspect of their lives or maybe another aspect of their lives where society says do this, but they're feeling pulled in another direction. The lesson here is, look inside of yourself, don't settle for anything less than what you feel is right for you and stand strong and find your tribe that will support you in that. Because all of us are very fortunate that we have parents who have loved and supported us through these decisions. My parents have never put any pressure on me to have kids, to get married. All of that is, is pressure I put on myself, you know, it's, it's not coming from them find your tribe, find your people who are going to support you and help you stand strong for what is right for you.
2: Absolutely. And just to add in there, um, in addition, you know, as someone who doesn't want to have children, I am so excited and encouraged by my friends that do have children or do want to have children. Yeah. But just just because we don't want something ourselves, or just because we do want something ourselves, it doesn't mean that we can't be excited or encouraging or supportive of our friends that make a different choice, right? So when my, when you know throughout the years, when my friends are like, "Hey, I'm getting," you know, "I'm,", I'm you know, "we're working on getting pregnant," or "we are pregnant," or "we're adopting," it's like a party. I'm so excited, you know, and it doesn't mean that, you know, that I, I mean, I can, I can still be excited, even though I don't have that desire. But again, that's just, that's just excitement and, and being joyful for your friends, for the people that you love that are doing these wonderful and exciting things for themselves and for their lives. And, and, and again, you know, like, you know, with Julie, you, you know, you know, it's going to happen and you're, you know, excited about it and you're ready for it. We're so excited for you. And I just think that that's, just part of being a a sisterhood and being, I mean, not only just a kind and good person to be encouraging of people that you love, but but it's also sisterhood. It's saying, you know what, I don't have to fully identify with every feeling you've ever felt in order to be encouraging and supportive of you. I can just do it because I love you and because I'm excited for the things that you want in your life, and I wanna help you get there or feel supported and encouraged enough to get there so we can all live the lives that we wanna live.
1: Absolutely, so women, Lift each other up. Don't judge. Don't compare. Thank you, Stephanie. Can you share the best way for our audience to connect with you if they have additional questions or business interests or just want to get to know you and your child free life?
2: Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. Um, my email is probably the very best way. And that is Stephanie, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E at mconnections.com. That's M-C-O-N-N-E-X-I-O-N-S.com or check out our website at mconnections.com.
0: That is all for this episode of Think Tank of Three. We will see you next time.
1: If you have topics you'd like us to cover or guests you'd like to hear from, send us a message at thinktankofthree at gmail.com. Subscribe to Think Tank 3 wherever you listen to podcasts and connect with us online. We blog weekly at thinkof3.com. Follow
0: us on social media and be sure to join our private group on Facebook where we can all share advice freely. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, share it. You can find Think Tank of Three on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud.